Good morning, everyone. This is Jeff, the Cyber Pro Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Richard. He's going to tell us a little bit about research and how that affects where we as professionals look at the past and hopefully guide us in the right direction into the future. So with that, uh, Richard, good morning. Good morning, Jeff, and thank you so much for that introductory question because you mentioned the past and the future. And that actually is, I've been thinking a lot about lately as I attempt to uh, record the past and of course uh, the future, uh, predict the future. I'm a industry analyst in cybersecurity. I've been doing this since I joined Gartner in 2000. And I've just got this overwhelming desire to have all the data at my fingertips where I can manipulate it and analyze it and gain new insights. So that's primarily what I do. But in the meantime, I write books. So I wrote a security yearbook, which is a history book. It's a history of the industry. So unlike a lot of my other writing, it's not all about the attacks and the attackers. It's about all the companies that have grown up around our industry. Yeah, that is a huge topic. Uh, and I'd love to get into that. If you could, for our audience, if you could share a little bit more about yourself kind of uh, your journey, how sure. you've how you've gotten to today and, and what you'd like to see, what you'd like to accomplish, uh, go forward based on that journey. Sure. So I was a automotive engineer for many years. So a heavy duty computer user doing structural analysis. And then in 92, discovered this internet thing and launched an ISP because I was just so enthralled with it. Um, love the fact that all this information was just there. And all yet, you know, I could spend hours just finding information. Um, the ISP led me to join another ISP who had a security focus that was called Netrex. <clears throat> Netrex was actually one of the first MSSPs in the United States. Um, they went on to get acquired by ISS, which is now the basis of IBM's managed security service. I went on to PwC. So I was actually a pen tester way back in 1995. Um, and that gave me the exposure to large enterprise. So big banks, railroads, you know, oil and gas companies. And I was doing the pen testing on their digital resources and assets. Um, and Gartner recruited me from that to be the second industry analyst. Um, and I, and luckily that was right after the dot-com crash. So um, I had a safe place to be for four years. And it's only after I left that I realized the only thing I'm really cut out to be is an industry analyst. So all of my, you know, I've started 24 companies in my career and most abject failures, some did okay. And I realized that instead of trying to be the entrepreneur in the next Steve Jobs or frankly, Elon Musk's, um, I'm cut out to be an industry analyst. That's because I like to write. I like to speak. I like to present in public. I love to learn new things. And that's essentially the description of what makes an industry analyst. It takes a unique talent in order to look at the, and I think it was encapsulated best, you know, in that science fiction movie, The Matrix, where you've got these screens and the data that yeah, just yeah, yeah. flows, right? <laughs> yep. To be able to look at that, that amount of data, whether it be historical research or real-time data, and start to not only make sense of it, 
but also to vector that correctly to solve the problems that you want to solve. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a deep question or, or deep lead up to the question of what would you like to share with our, our viewers about how to research the entire cybersecurity industry? Would you like to share? Absolutely. It's, um, it, you know, it's taken 17 years to figure out a process to do it. Um, I know all of your listeners um, struggle with just the flood of incoming data, right? There's news, there's new breaches, new vulnerabilities, new companies, new fundings, new M&A happening all the time, right? Right as we speak, Tomo Bravo is rolling up their third or fourth IP uh, public company in taking them private. And it's just hard to stay on top of all that. So I started with, hey, if we're going to do this, we need to find all the, all the vendors of IT security. And we need to decide what a vendor of IT security is, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, I, I from my analyst perspective, I, I, it was easy to say, well, not consultants, right? Because a consultant can come and go pretty quickly. Uh, and that includes pen testers or hundreds of those, not resellers. You know, they're very important to the ecosystem. Um, but once again, they're more them than there are of vendors. Not insurance companies that sell cybersecurity insurance, um, not events companies, just companies that create products to you know, address the cybersecurity solution. Next step, figure out your uh, how you're going to break them into categories. And this is easily the hardest step. Um, that, and it takes somebody with lots and lots of experience to do. So pretty much an industry analyst in cybersecurity would have the basis to do this. But anybody else is just going to go, you know, if you look at, you know, a thousand websites of security vendors today, you're going to go, well, obviously zero trust is a major category and machine learning is another major category because that's all the vendors talk about. You have to dig deeper to see what their products actually do to put them in endpoint, network, uh, data security, governance, risk, and compliance, uh, threat intelligence, MSSP. I've got 17 uh, major buckets that I put them all in. So, and then you have to find all the vendors. So <laughs> you can do that by, there are lots of lists that people publish all the time. They're always out of date and they always include vendors that are not vendors. Um, so uh, in the best way is to look at the conferences. Anybody who exhibits at a cybersecurity conference is probably a cybersecurity vendor. Though the big consulting firms do that and government agencies, the NSA is at RSA and Black Hat every year. So you eliminate those and the rest are cybersecurity vendors. So I've been doing that for 17 years. Wow. And so today we've got 2,964 vendors that, we've, that have gone through that cycle four or five times. There's about 400 vendors that are acquired every year. Some of them go away because they're absorbed. Um, some stay as separate brands underneath the new umbrella. There's about 200 vendors that just fail completely. They just disappear. Um, and then there's, I don't know how many, I don't have enough data to tell you how many startups there are, but obviously there are a lot, right? And, uh, but I don't hear about them until they've got their first investment round or they make a public mm. announcement or publish a research report. But that process has to be continuous. So it used to be just me making a note in a Google Sheet whenever I saw one. Um, but now my uh, my team 
can filter through all those events, find them. I still have to look at every single website of every vendor. If if there are 3,000 vendors out there today, that means I've looked at over 8,000 prospects or potential vendors, websites to determine what they do. So I'm getting pretty good at it, but it still takes five minutes. Um, And you multiply 3,000 by five and you get 15,000 minutes and that's turns into a lot, a lot of work to actually do. So there's also a barrier to entry. If you were to try and get up to where I am, you'd have to go through that process. And you'd probably start with, you know, PitchBook or uh, Crunchbase, each of which has about 20,000 vendors that they identify as cybersecurity. And only 2,000 of them actually are. So you've got to figure that out. And then the secret sauce is I've got a team in India that every single month goes through every single website and LinkedIn and Crunchbase and records new investments and change in headcount. So now I've got dynamic data and I can tell you which of those 17 categories is growing the fastest, which is API security, 60% annual growth rate for the last, for the last 18 months. Um, And the, the slowest uh, growth, which is believe it or not fraud prevention, Fraud prevention must be maturing because uh, it actually shrunk so far this year, uh, 1.7% in headcount. So, and I can just look at, I built a tool to do all this, of course. And I can just, every time I look at the tool, I get new insights, which is just such a wonderful thing for an industry analyst because every insight could turn into a research report or at very least a LinkedIn post that gets a lot of attention and draws people in and hopefully they're buying the book. That is always the hope, isn't it? Yep. Um, so, that, I mean, that was a lot. And, and two of the things that you mentioned really uh, hit home with me where you've got, you've boiled this process down over the past 17 years of iterative evolution and you've come down to 17 buckets where you put these, these folks into. And so now that you've gotten to a point where you have a, a mature process, the follow-up question to that is, what type of process have you put into place? Because as you've gone through this evolution, you know that the constant change that's out there and only getting faster is change itself. So how do you keep up with that? Or how? what's the process behind maintaining clarity in a bucket that gets more cloudy because there's always new things coming about? Well, a great example is API security, which, you know, there are vendors that have been doing something in that line for a decade. Um, but only in the last 12 to 18 months did it become a top concern for the buyers. Um, and API security for me was always a subcategory of application security. Mm. So it fit with web application firewalls and, and even code um, checking fit into application security. Um, but all of a sudden you got this breakout capability that's getting a lot of funding. So you recognize where the investors are going. Uh, and then you look at the companies and see that they're growing as well. And even the ones that don't have a lot of investment are growing up that 60% rate. 
Uh, and that says, okay, time to make that a separate category so I can track it separately. Uh, I'm seeing the same thing happen in the most boring space in the world, which is vulnerability management, um, something that everybody has to do. I've always lumped it, and this really, really upsets the vendors, but I lump them into GRC. So, you know, and there's nobody that would say Tenable is GRC, right? It's their operations. They help you, you know, reduce your tax surface area and all the rest of things. And now the only reason people do vulnerability management is because they have to do risk management. And risk management says, find all your assets, check their vulnerabilities and patch them. All of which I've always claimed is impossible to do any of those three things. Um, but with the advent of cloud and uh, enhanced vulnerability management where they actually tell you, you know, hey, this is probably one you have to address today. Um, similar to the way we address SIM alerts um, is trying to prioritize them. Uh, and the new investments going on, I'm going to break vulnerability management out. And then we'll be able to look at which categories are growing the fastest. Wow. There's there's a couple of outtakes that I'm I'm going to go with, but we're almost out of time. Uh, Richard, I wanted to thank you for your time today and and opening a door. I'm not really sure I wanted to open, <laughs> but things to think about. And that's the whole point of our podcast, right? To be able to look at something and consider a different viewpoint that maybe we haven't considered as of yet. For those of our viewers who may want to uh, reach out to you, learn a little bit more about what you do, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, find me on LinkedIn, Richard Steenan uh, on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find. Um, and I've got an open kind of LinkedIn profile. So everything I do is there and I'm posting every single day. Awesome. Awesome. Richard, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Jeff. Thanks. Have a good day. You made it to the end. Thanks for watching the Cyber Pro podcast today. You can find more content here and here and there.